Hey, look at you, all grown up and needing car insurance. You don't have to freak out if you got a driving record that's not so hot or worry if you aren't sure exactly what you need. Able Insurance has your back. Pass up the national insurance companies where you're just another number and keep your auto insurance right here in Charlottesville. 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, though, Ball Hawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, though, Ball Hawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, though? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast, recapping the Who's Victory versus Auburn. We going to the national championship. We going to the ship. What? We going to the ship. What? We going to the ship. Y'all remember the little Keanu Reeves movie what he had with the inner city baseball team? What was the name of that movie? Hardball? Baby, you don't know the name of the movie? Y'all remember the movie? They, they, uh, the Cucamonga with Lil G Baby. And she be having my baby. Baby. You don't remember that movie? All right. Well, Look, man, I'm going to recap this Auburn game since my wife don't know the name of the movie. Some executive producer she is. And I got some, you know what? I got some friends that's going to join me in the show. We recorded it. I just had to do the intro. So we're going to roll it right now. And we're going to see what our thoughts were for the National Championship Bound Wahoos. Enjoy. We here, National Championship time. And got to recap the game, of course. But I thought to myself, I can't recap the game by myself i gotta bring some special guests on some some gentlemen that's been huge supporters but also always provide insight and they polar opposites right now one a cowboy fan one is a redskins fan it get no better than that uh but other than that i got the one the only anthony shifley who who called this ride the, the the man who engineered enjoyed the ride and uh got a kihei clark hater and Chad Wood, no, I'm just playing Chad, but I got two of, two of my good friends on to help me recap this Final Four game in a National Championship berth. Gentlemen, how y'all doing today? Good. I'm good. Go who's little, little Aunt Ready. Go who's already. Huh? So, all right. So, if anybody is your first time listening to the show, you know, guys know I always uh, give you some post-game notes courtesy of virginiasports.com with, with great Jeff White, who's been covering not only Virginia uh, basketball, but Virginia football as well. And the site provides information on all Virginia athletics. Um, he's down there in Minneapolis. And at uh, spring practices, just giving us all he can give to recap the games. And then we're, we're going to the box scores. And then the gentleman going to, at any, at any point of me sharing information, they could chime in and share what they think of numbers or or some post game notes. So before we get started, this uh, episode is sponsored by Aver Insurance. How that Aver Insurance service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. How that Billy and Charlene White at AverInsurance.com. Um, some post game notes versus Auburn. U- UVA won by a score of 63 to 62, as we all know. Some team notes. Cal guys three free throws with 0.6 seconds left in regulation sealed Virginia's first trip to a national championship. The Cavaliers have extended their school record 
for wins with 34 total wins this season. UVA extended its school record for ranked wins to 10, so they've beaten 10 teams that were ranked in the top 25. UVA is 4-4 all-time versus Auburn. Uh, UVA trailed 31-28 at the half. They are now 6-3 this season when trailing at the half. If I'm not mistaken, this was – was this the third game they trailed at half in March Madness? I know Gardner-Webb, they trailed. Um, they trailed versus Purdue. And then they trailed this game. Did they trail versus Oklahoma or Oregon? Y'all know offhand? They were definitely leading Oregon. They definitely led Oregon, I think. Okay. I think they were leading Oklahoma also. All right. So, yeah. So, there we go. So, three of those games they trailed at half. UVA is 8-0 to start the second uh, – went on an 8-0 run to start the second half and held Auburn scoreless for the first five minutes and 46 seconds. Um, it kind of mirrored the the previous game uh, when Cal got, got hot coming out of half, how we jumped right on Purdue. Um, Auburn erased UVA's 10-point lead with a 14-0 run down the stretch. That's when Ty Jerome picked up his fourth foul out of frustration when he felt like he was fouled going to the cup. Um, some player notes, double-figure scores. Ty Jerome, who we just talked about, had 21 points. Kyle Guy had 15. DeAndre Hunter had 14. Monte Diakite had a career-high five block shots. Uh, Jerome matched a career-high with nine rebounds. And Jerome had his eighth career 20-point game. Jerome's six assists is tied for six on UVA single-season assist list with a now 194 this season. So before we get into the box score, I'll let you guys just break down what you saw, at least, you know, to start the game in the first half as far as what Auburn was doing and what we were doing to be successful. Anybody got any thoughts? What was you guys yeah, I, I thought Bruce Pearl did a phenomenal job. And you, I'm a Bruce Pearl hater, right? He cheats everywhere he goes. Uh, but he did a phenomenal <laughs> job, right? Um, we can go on and on about that. But uh, he did a phenomenal job. They, they ball faked very well early on trying to get Mamadi off the floor. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mamadi ended up with five blocks. Uh, but, but I think most of those were second half, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. He, I, I thought he did a phenomenal job there. He, he also did uh, – they weren't hitting shots in the first half because Virginia was forcing them out, you know, to shoot three feet farther than what they're accustomed to. Um, and that's what the, that's what the pack line does. That being said, they did a really good job of getting to the lane that first half. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought, I thought Bruce Pearl uh, did a really good job. And I also, uh, I'll throw it out there. I do think Tony Bennett is the best halftime coach in the country. That guy makes adjustments at halftime. You know, it, it doesn't always show in the first three or four minutes, but when you look at the end of the game, the second half, man, that guy knows what he's doing. Now, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. It, it goes to show you, man. The past couple games, coming out of half, Coach Bennett. I don't know what he says. I don't know what his staff does at halftime. But those first five minutes coming out of the half seem like it's always the turning point in the game for our ball club. You see a new little wrinkle offensively. Also, we seem like we, you know. If we're running the, the block remover, we'll go to continuity or vice versa. But it's always like a certain wrinkle or a, a sub. I remember the last game, I think Jack Salt started out in the second half. I don't know if he started out this this second half of this game. But it's always a, a certain wrinkle. Um, but I do agree with you, man. Coach does a good job of adjustments. And that's what it's all about on this big stage, man, just going in, kind of drawing it up in the dirt of what you saw and your sisters getting together and your players implementing it in that second half. Um, what, you, what you got, Chad? Uh, going off of that, uh, 
first five minutes of the second half, uh, it's critical, like it always is. But uh, first half, you asked about first half thoughts. Kehe Clark, I'll give him credit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> much of it hurts. I'll give him. I'll give him credit. We would have been eliminated a long time ago. But uh, pertaining to this game, I didn't really feel feel that good at halftime. Uh, Auburn had missed a lot of three pointers and. Mm. Should have gone down. People say, you know, Virginia fans, you know, we're in, you know, we're in good shape. We shot there, we, you know, from three point. We only made, I think it was three at the half, maybe. And I said, well, you got to look at Auburn. They're not going to in the second half. There's no way they're going to continue missing these shots. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like he said, Bruce Pearl, I think he did a great job. Um, also, pick and roll. I think <clears throat> Mommy struggled a little bit with that, but and also asked last night with the, uh, you know, Huff coming in in the matchup. We didn't really get to talk about it much, but. Uh, think in the back, you know, after I thought about it overnight, I don't think Huff would have done a much better job. So, I think, you know, overall, I don't want to say lucky um, first half, but we were very fortunate Auburn were not was not shooting the ball. Obviously, you know, missing their point guard obviously hurt yeah. them, but you play with what you got. So, I think we were fortunate at halftime, but uh, like you said, the first five minutes, second half, you know, it was crucial and 20 minute adjustments is the only thing it can be because it happens, you know, almost every game, so. That's yeah, all that good. So, and we so another thing, too. That, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Ant. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. So, so one of the things that, that we did in the first half very poorly on offense, and, you know, what is the thing on their kids when they're when, when something happens, but they're adults when, they, when you want them to be right? I, I view these, these guys as kids, right? They're 18 to 22 years old. Uh, so I'm not ever really hard on any individual player. But Dre in the second half compared to the first half was a different player. And the main mm. difference is he was aggressive in the second half. In the first half, he settled. Okay? Mm-hmm. And when you settle for 15 to 17 footers, they're going to go in more when, you, when you've created that space by getting to the basket, making layups, getting fouled, right? They're going to create that space. But until you create that space, a contested 15 to 17 footer is traditionally a bad shot. He missed a handful of them in the first half, and I think that's what he was doing. And I think the second half, that, that was one of the adjustments that was made. If I had to guess – no, I definitely agree with you because I always say, you know, Dre's kill zones at 15-foot extending the free throw line, baseline where Mike Scott made a living at. And you hit the nail on the head. You can't get that space on the triple threat draft until you can demonstrate that you can get to the cup um, in an in a, in a aggressive fashion. And the fact that he was settling for jumpers, he'll have somebody post up on a block and he'll face up and kind of fade away. Um, it kind of defeats the purpose of getting to where he, his sweet spot. And when he came on the second half aggressive, then he, they started backing off him just a little bit, and he started hitting him. But if we look at the first half, shooting-wise, Auburn shot 41% from the field. They were 12 or 29. They shot 21% from three. They was three or 14. Uh, UVA was 12 of 28 in the first half. They shot 42%. And then they were three or nine from three, shot 33%. And uh, we only we was one of three from the free throw line. I think I don't. I think Ty shot all three of those free throws. If I'm not mistaken. Ty was definitely one of three, and then I think DeAndre DeAndre was one of two or, mm-hmm. or something there early too. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they both. I want to say that Ty missed a, oh, a, an and one. Like Ty missed an and one, and DeAndre yeah. missed two of them. And I yeah, think, I think that's right. missed two of them late, too. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. DeAndre did miss, miss both of them. Yeah, that's what it was. So that was the one for three in the first half. So, like like you said, Chad, when we went to halftime, I was more at ease because 
Um, I just felt like Auburn got into the paint kind of late, and it was off of, like, dumb shots that we had. It was more transition. And then that point guard was doing a great job of he – was, he was taking it all the way down to, like, 10 seconds in the, in the shot clock, and they would have a high screen and roll. He would get some type of motion or movement. And the kid is just a good, you know, dribble drive PG, and he got four points late in the second half and the first half. Um, that kind of gave me cause for concern. But the shots that Auburn was hitting, you know, they were they were open threes, but we were running out kind of late. And like you said, they wasn't shooting that well. So I was kind of like, okay, we might be down, but we we not playing our best ball. I'm always looking at DeAndre like, all right, he ain't playing his best ball. We only down by one. Ty was, you know, Ty had to switch on. I, I saw Cal, Cal hit his first three, and then he kind of, you know, had a little, you know, rut. And it was just a testament to Todd just keeping us afloat. Mondi wasn't the same Mondi the past two games. So all the things that were going wrong, we were only down one. So then you come out in the second half, and we just turn up. It was it was Hunter. I mean, he was just going to the cup strong. Um, I, did he have a, a, a dunk? On like the baseline or something like that. Oh, back door from guy. Yeah, there you go, back door. Yeah, so yeah, guy, um, guy got guy got to the elbow extended, and instead of shooting it, uh, you gave uh, gave a little bounce pass to Hunter on a on the baseline. He dunked it. Yeah, I mean, I thought Braxton Key he played ten minutes, but I thought he was effective for what he did. Just his his ability to just be physical. Um, the help on the screen of rolls and the hedges and things like that. Uh, he only played, like I say, only played 10 minutes. Jack Salt played nine, got a couple of screens here and there. I know he got two real chippy fouls real quick when number 10 just flopped when he was trying to go for the offensive mm-hmm. rebound. Um, but Coach has been keeping this rotation pretty tight, and I have been surprised that we haven't played Jay Huff that much. But then again, it's like, I could understand why, just because a lot of the teams have been playing, the smaller teams, everybody's been like six eight or six nine. So it's almost like we kind of we want to play our small ball lineup. And Kihei's been playing well enough to where you can't take him off because he's doing such a good job versus these smaller guards. And the good thing Auburn's point guard was was cramping up some. I mean, I'm not naive and dumb, and not going to say that you know J- Jared Harper was fully 100. percent He was he was battling cramps because he's He's super quick, but he did hit two big threes off the bounce um, to kind of get them going also. But uh, what do you guys think about the kid Bryce Brown for them, man? I thought he was – he got hot late in the second half. He did that, that three he hit in the corner. It was actually similar to the three that Guy hit that put us down by one with six seconds left or seven yeah. seconds left. Uh, they hit two very similar threes. They're big-time shots in front of 70,000 people, you know, in the millions for on TV. The background's different. I mean, Ahmad, you play ball, right? You know, you know what yeah. it's like to play in, a, in your local gym and then to go yep. play back when we were coming up in U-Haul, right? It was a huge yep. difference. Well, imagine playing in JPJ or uh, I, I forget Auburn's Arena, but imagine playing in that and going to play in something five, six times that size, whatever. You know, it, it's incredible um, the way those kids were shooting late. Um, you, you know, the other thing about shooting and, and plays and running the offense I mentioned a backdoor cut that DeAndre had, but you know that point guard both had two two layups on that on the same play. Uh, Kihei found Ty in the lane on the left-handed pass from the wing yeah. on a backdoor from the opposite wing, and then I want to tell you Ty found Kihei on the same yeah, play. Yeah, he did. 
It was the yep. same thing. And, um, yep, it was the same thing. And it both it was both from far out. Both of them found each other from like the halves. Yep. Long passes. Yeah, and you know when Virginia can create easy buckets, they're hard to beat. I mean, I know we we things had to, the ball had to bounce their way at the end for us to win that one. But you know, you got to think we we found uh, Ty found Diakite for an easy one there early. Um, he was yeah. a pump fake layup, and uh, I feel like that was first half and. Uh, I just mentioned those three or four baskets, man. When when a Tony Bennett coach team is getting layups, I'm telling you, they're hard to beat. They really are. No, they definitely are, man. And what? So, I want to talk about Ty for a little while, man. What are y'all? What are y'all? What are y'all thoughts on Ty, man? I mean, he did something that only Magic and Bird did, and that's with a stat line of twenty-one, nine, and six. Um, it seems like in the first half, every time they hit a big shot, he responded with a big shot. I mean, if you look at the Purdue game, anytime Edwards would hit a big shot, seemed like Ty would hit hit one, but it wouldn't get as much roar because his was so nonchalant, you know, unassuming. Um, you know, whether it's a long three from Thailand, shout out to Ant for the Thailand, and or he just getting to the basket with a floater with the and one. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on on just his ability just to rise to the occasion, even though he's not the dominant like the dominant player for us is DeAndre. But I always say the dominant personality is Todd Jerome. You know, like he's the yeah, engine. DeAndre can out athlete you, right? You know, he, yeah, he can yeah. he can take over a game because he's just he's a, a better athlete than you are. And, and combine that with the fact that he's super successful, super skilled, he can just take over a game. In that matter, Todd does it differently. Todd took over the game on, on across the stat sheet. I, I think he led the team in points, rebounds, and assists. I know he led in points and assists. I think he it's like the Mavericks he did. more than. Yeah, you're right. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you, you're playing on a team with an All-American and, and, and another and a lottery pick, and you led the team in all three categories. I mean, that's incredible. Um, I mean, they both they both All-American. They both are both of them. Yeah, that is true. The Aussie's All-American as well. That's, that's true. I, I guess you know, Chan on his inner Westbrook you, last night. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, Kyle's a hero, rightfully so. What he did is, is unmasked. It's incredible uh, in the last six or eight seconds. And he played a whole. He played a great game overall. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Ty, man, he didn't want to lose that game. He's playing like a kid that is playing his last game every time he steps on the floor, and he doesn't want to lose. He, he did it against Purdue, um, and he did it against uh, last night against Auburn. Yeah, and the thing about Ty is he's a kid that. Is is he's one of those kids like you take the good with the good and the bad with the bad because his last two three point attempts wasn't something that we wanted, but it's it's he he has that hero ball mentality to where it's like it's almost like you let him have it because you know he's gonna keep keep going at it because the last two threes I'm like damn Ty don't take those shots but then it's like you know that's 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 just him. Yeah, you know, you know, he said one against Duke last year with the fake pass and you're yelling at your yeah. TV no until it goes in. You know, and when we lost to uh, when we lost to uh, Virginia Tech, that three he hit from way yeah. deep. Yep. And you know he had one. Y'all give a. Go ahead. Nah, I was just gonna say, uh, talking about Jerome, I'll give Anthony credit on that. Also, he came. Uh, he said, you know, this guy's gonna be special. Keep an eye on him. And I watching the games, I really didn't see much, but now I'm starting to see what uh, Ant saw a long time ago. But uh. Look, I think it was 21-9-6. and six. He shot 50% from the field. He almost shot 50% for three-point. I think he was four of nine. So you combine that, 
not only are you leading the team in points, assists, and rebound, but you also shoot 50%, and you almost shoot 50% mm. from three. Um, also, you know, when they went on that 10-0 run, we were up 10. I believe they it first started when he picked up his fourth foul. Am I correct? Yep. That first oh, yeah. foul. Yep. They won on the so Some things, you know, aren't tangible, but, you know, he pretty much carried the team on his back last night. Obviously, guy came up clutch, you know, in the last – I don't want to say last minute because he played some big plays before, but, you know, yeah, Todd yeah. Jerome, definitely, he carried the team last night. Yeah, so, you know, I think they should give 70 minutes the keys to Monticello, right? So I want to, I want to start off with that. But I would not have full time at four and a half minutes, 447. I'm yelling at the TV like, you can't pull him. You, you got mm. to say, if you pull him for a second, maybe. But that 10 run, they hit they, 6-0 was first, what, three possessions he was out? was a 6-0 run, I think. So yeah. um, I just can't pull my – I don't know. I can't say he's the best player, but he was the best player before last night. I can't pull him in that situation. My high hand. You you can't pull yeah. your high hand and that. You know, because even he didn't want to come out. You know, no. he didn't want to come out. And I think what happened, you know, he got fouled on the drive. It was a clear foul. And he didn't realize he had three already, so he tries to swipe from behind. They call it a ticky-tack. And he get into that little, you know, shouting mask, like, you, you missed my foul. Russ, I'm never going to change the non-call, and I think it hit him like, oh, man, that was my 4-5. And he was like, no, I'm good. And Coach was like, no, you need to come out. And they immediately went on that run because if you look at just the flow of our offense that I want to say during the three minutes when we went on that little run, he was engineering a lot of things. He was hitting on the el- hitting threes off the elbow. Um, he hit that little I'm living right shot off the back of the rim that landed real <laughs> flat and then went, and then went in. So we wasn't we didn't really have anything that was fluid on offense. It was just Ty was making shots. He was back at New Rochelle and he was making the difficult shots because Auburn was doing a good job of hedging and, and Stan collapsed on Kyle and um Kihei did hit one three. Uh but they were just doing a good job of just frustrating us, not allowing us to set up in our sets and um like you said, and once Ty went out, we didn't know what to do. I mean, it was just it was just tough for us to try to get. The, I wish we did have something to where we just went away from our offense and just let DeAndre just either go to a block or come to that elbow, fifteen feet extended, and show me something with a face up. Give him the whole yeah, shot sure. like Melo. That they used to do for Melo with the Knicks. Like give me something yep. like that for him every now and then. Yes, sir. Especially late in games when we go into that isolation type offense anyway. We're going to let the clock go 20 seconds and then run a play uh, with, you know, 7 to 11 seconds on the shot clock. I'm surprised. You know, DeAndre is a lot more like Malcolm than than folks realize, the way he scores, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we used to run that with Malcolm, and we run it with Ty now. Ty's my favorite player, right? So I love the ball in his hands, and I get it. But if he's not in the game, I have DeAndre at the top. I don't have Clark's hands. You can't put it in Kyle's mm-hmm. hands. He needs to become an off-the-ball. I have that ball in DeAndre's hands at the end of the shot clock. Yep. No, I agree. The, the what do you think, Chad? Go ahead. Now, you ahead, Finn. Well, you mentioned big shots, man. And, and I wasn't around for the Lamp days. You know, the old-timers will tell you that Jeff Lamp hit some big shots. And we all saw the shots that Richard Morgan hit and John Karate hit and Sean Singletary. We can name them throughout the years. And when Malcolm hit some shots, right, he hit one against Pittsburgh years back. Um, you know, he hit some big shots in that tournament runs in the ACC tournament. I'm telling you, I don't think anybody that we've ever had hit more big shots than Tajeron. I don't think we've had anybody hit more big shots than him. I mean, he consistently hits them. 
Like, yep. I mean, and, and the thing is, his is not just like late games. It's like run. It's like a, a team is making a run, get momentum, and he takes a quick shot to like shut it all down. Like it's a quick, it, you know, it's something that's out of the ordinary where we're trying to run our pin down screens or we coming off on a on a um we we coming off on the screen on the elbow and instead of him passing it to Cal, he'll shoot it. Because you can just see the guard kind of glance over to see where the screen, you know, where the the, the, the screen is going and where Kyle is popping out at to try to cheat and Ty take that shot from from the um, top of the key. But I think you're right, man. He's hit a lot of big shots, and the dude is just a solid player. I don't understand why he doesn't get – I mean, I, I, I'm just surprised he hasn't made somebody's third team All-American. Good Lord. But I'm biased, so I'm going to refrain for pitching that. <laughs> yeah, they look at stats too, Amon. I, I think that – you know, Kyle Satcher, he should score, what, two and a half, three points for. Kyle shot five, 50% better from three. And they look yeah. at him and go, well, that's a kid only averaged 12 points and five and a half assists a game. If you factor in pace, though, Kyle averaged probably 17 and a half for Duke, right? You, you put mm-hmm. time on, on a team that plays the pace of Carolina or, or some of those teams, and, and Ty probably averages 16 and eight. I mean, I know that probably sounds extreme, but he's a type kid that can really light it up. Kyle, too. Uh, DeAndre, so I think some of those sports writers just look at stats, but if you watch them play, uh, they're both All-American. All three of them are All-Americans. They're All three of them, yeah. 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 yeah, man. It's a formidable, it's a formidable big three. It's definitely a, it's a formidable big three that doesn't scare anybody, that nobody respects. Like, when team, every every matchup, and it's going like this with Texas Tech, people are like, oh, man, y'all going to have to worry about Texas Tech, man, y'all. You know, every game, Purdue, hey, I don't know how y'all going to match up with them Auburn. I don't know how you going to match up with them Oregon. How y'all going to match up with them? Now it's how you going to match up with Texas Tech. It's so much of an unassuming team that, you know, no matter who we play, everybody's like, how are we going to match up with them versus, you know, how they going to match up with us or how they going to attack us. It just seems like the narrative is always that we rocky, no matter what. We're going against a bunch of Ivan Dragos, and they just killed Apollo, and – you got to go to Russia and fight, or you be Creed too. And you, you got he DQ when he knocked you out, broke your rib. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. Um, it, it's sort of like an underdog mentality. We're the the number one rated team in Kempon pretty much all year. Uh, we've been in the top five pretty much all year, and it seems like you know every game we play, we're billed from the national media. As, as underdogs. But then when it comes time to pick who's going to win, as often as not, they pick Virginia. But the whole narrative yeah. is, I don't know how they're going to match up with Oregon. All of them picked us to win. You know, it's the same with Auburn. I think, you know, six out of the seven of them, and uh, what was the USA Day or whatever, picked us to win, you know. Yeah. Except Charles Barkley had flip-flopping. Hey, well, you picked know, us you to win it all, and then he, then he flipped to Auburn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he would have got killed. He he would he would have definitely got killed. He would have picked picked us over Auburn and, and stuck to his guns. But you know, I would have. You know, what I'm saying that's that's Charles. <laughs> and, you know, going off the you know underdog mentality. You know exactly right because you know now that we're winning, it's always an excuse. You know why we won. You know last night referees whatever, and then they're without their point guard. Then you go back to. We're going to be the first one seed to lose. You know, that was, you know, everyone agreed on that. So it seems like every round we advanced, there was a reason why. There was an injury. There was a bad call. There was, you know, you know, overrated. But, you know, by Ken Palm, like you said, we're number one. But 
You know, I've never seen a team be this dominant. You look at ACC over the last two years. I mean, I'm you know, obviously Carolina and Duke, they've had some good runs. But for a team to be so dominant, to be, I mean, let's just call it what it is, disrespected every round they advance, there's always mm. an excuse of why. Not only that, but there's also a reason they're going to lose the next round. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't match up well here and here. Just like people are already saying tomorrow, we don't match up with them well. But, you know, just keep plugging along. But I've never seen a team so dominant be so disrespected. That's true. Yeah, but so I'd also like to take note that we went 27 minutes and 48 seconds without mentioning the referees, Chad. <laughs> I think that would be one of the first things you would mention. You know, I don't say that for the You know. But now that you mentioned it. You know what I mean? Address the elephant in the room. Hey, now, yeah. now that you mention it, let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and go to the referees. So, we we all know Auburn's trying to foul on purpose. Yep. And when Ty Jerome double dribbled, I don't think anybody that was watching the game live screamed he double dribbled because all of us Bingo. play basketball or all of us have been to, we've been to games. Anytime there is an infraction or something that's illegal that takes place, usually it's somebody on the court. It's like, oh, you missed a call. Like if somebody travel, somebody jumping up off the side, like <laughs> travel, travel. Yeah. When when he double yeah. dribbled, and I'm saying that air quotation, when he double dribbled, the kid that was checking him didn't scream it. Nobody on the floor screamed it. Nobody on the sideline screamed it. Everybody was just like, Auburn's going to foul. And it amazed me when the CBS folks was like, well, they missed a double dribble. Like, okay, but – we're going to miss – he got grabbed in the chest. Like, we know they're trying to five. I don't even think Auburn coach wanted a double dribble. He just wanted a five. Yeah, well, he, he did foul it. I mean, he fouled it before. That. Yeah. <laughs> when he grabbed, grabbed his jersey, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he did foul it. I mean, if he didn't foul him, he probably wouldn't have double dribbled. Uh, it happened, though. He double dribbled. Uh, yeah, he doubled. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I mean, you know, the basketball guys owed us. I'm telling you, man. I got this for Grayson years. Allen. And for, yes, yes, they owed us from, from Willie Durst checking in to the Duke game in 1997, and they blue, and he didn't blow the whistle, and we found, I think it was Will Joe, he two set two free throws with no time on the clock, and he wasn't even supposed to be in the ball game. Norman Nolan, I'm probably telling the story wrong at this This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. It's been 20 or 22 years, but the basketball guys owed us, and we're, we're, being, we're being paid back right now. Then they broke Dre's hand last year. Yep, yep. <laughs> but no, you look at you talking about uh, Hawk. No one saw it live, and you you know you're exactly right because they even, if I remember correctly, they even talked about the foul on guy at the end. And then Gene Segator, I think his name is, when he came back, that's when he came back with the double dribble. So not only did they not see it live, but there's some time after that that no one even talked about it until I think Gene brought it up was the first one. I could be wrong, but they obviously he double dribbled. Everyone knows he double dribbled, but at the same time, the referees should not have been able to make that call had they had called the you know they were trying not intentionally foul, but they were they were going to foul and they fouled and they grabbed his jersey. Had they called that the double dribble, even if it it would never happen because it would have been dead. It'd have been a foul yeah. right there. So yes, he double dribbled, 
but they should have never had to make the call because they should have made the foul call before that. And you know what? It's consistent. It's consistent with the anticipation of the the intentional foul because if you go back to when Auburn was inbounding the ball from the sideline and they and they got the ball in when Cal almost tipped it, and well he tipped a piece of it, but the, uh, I think number ten caught the ball. When we went to intentionally foul him, he traveled. When he, he traveled, yeah, 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 traveled Yeah, it's an obvious walk, but we're trying to what? We're trying to intentional foul. So. That's why I wish the powers that be would take both plays and just say, hey, refs are anticipating an intentional foul. Both infractions were missed because in their head, they're human. They're like, let me go ahead and get ready to blow the whistle because I know both coaches have said, hey, we're trying to foul. You know Bruce Pearl and Coach Bennett have communicated to all the players and to the refs, we're trying to foul to try to preserve some clock. So. For them to say they missed a double dribble, we could go back and say, hey, they missed a travel. And then we could go back even further and say, well, how about when DeAndre Hunter was driving up the left lane? And he when, he put, when he pulled his arm he out of socket? <laughs> yep, yeah. he gave it to Kihei, and Kihei got caught in the baseline and got knocked down. So what happened? They go down the court. Their point guard goes to the basket. DeAndre knocks him down. It was a, it was almost like we, we ain't going to call it on either side. So they let them get away with the, uh, the travel. They let us get away with the double dribble. It was almost like a wash. Yes. So I made the comment a couple times on text to buddies last night. Man, they're letting them play. They're really letting them play. And you can't benefit that the whole daggone game. Well, but besides, man, we're going to have three, four fouls at the end. You know, we had a foul to get to one and one. Same with them. Yep. They, you know, they let them play all game. Yeah, Auburn had to do the same thing, line. yeah. Yeah. And so you can't complain the whole game that the refs are letting them play. That was actually fun to watch. You know, as a fan of the team, it was frustrating that, that Dre got, you know, pulled back and, and he ain't got knocked down all those things. But if you're just a neutral fan, that's hard to watch when referees let them play a little bit. And you can't say, yeah. hey, man, they let them play and then complain about it when they let them play, when it doesn't go your way in the last six seconds. Definitely. Well, yeah, that's coming for, that, you know. Go ahead, Chad. Oh, uh, you know, that's coming from Bruce Pearl, you know, just like he said in the post game, you know, I'm not I'm not blaming the referees or anything, but it, you know, on that on the guy's shot, if you call that a foul, you call that a foul at halftime, early second half, first half, you call it the whole time. Like Anthony says, you can't congratulate the rest for letting them play and decide no game and then when it doesn't go your way, say, Oh, well if that's a foul, it's a foul all game, you can't just call it there. But, you know, when you cheat and you point shave, basketball gods sometimes uh <laughs> don't look down hey, on man. you too well. So Hey, I think I definitely think that what Bruce Pearl says, like if you're gonna call a foul, call at any point in the game. That's why I got mad when people was like, "You don't make that call that you don't make that call at that point in the game on Cal." I was like, "Dude, that's that's like the safety issue. That's the Zaza Bachulia. That's the Bruce Bowen. That 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 right there gets called clear." And it wasn't like Cal <laughs> kicked his foot out. He literally got he got hit. Like cause I told the dude, "All right, if that's not a foul, if he doesn't get touched." Because he was like, it didn't affect the shot. I was like, well, if the guy's not there, Cal guy makes a three-pointer. He didn't want to play that game with me. Because, like, if Cal lays well, he that he's point. making that. He's making that. Because the first one, he got hit, too, but he just made it. Because that guy yeah, hit Of course, that's a second shot. Yeah. So that was a big that was a shot. Of, uh, emphasis, was it, last year, year before, too? There was a focal point that you had to give the player uh, a landing yep, spot. Yep, you got to let him land. You got to let him land. Yeah, it was a very obvious foul. I don't think I don't think people have a most people logical people anyway don't have a problem with that foul call. Um, 
He found him. And, and I agree, Amon. I think, I think there's a 90% chance that ball goes in. If you watch it, he got hit in the hip right as he's releasing it. Probably yep. took, you know, 3% or 5% of his energy, you know, didn't, didn't get mm-hmm. into that shot, and it would have went in, you know. Because it was a good look. I mean, he elevated. He was His shoulders were square. I mean, everything was touched. But when you see the still photo of when the guy initially hits his quad, it's a perfect textbook look like that's a that's a oh yeah that's a bang bang that's going down like that's something he dreamed about because the thing i love about Kyle is you know he didn't flop because when he missed it he was ready to put his jersey over his face like man i just i just missed the shot we lost and then did you hear what he, he, you he, hear what he said though uh-uh. he said when he did that he wasn't saying that i missed the shot and we lost he said that he that he heard the whistle right off hand and he uh he was trying to get focused to make all three free throws. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think he might be carrying a little bit. I think I think you're right, but that's what he said. So I didn't know he said out. he heard the whistle immediately. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he got fouled. You know what I mean? Like watched it live. I thought oh, I didn't go in. Yeah. yeah, me too. I was I like, damn, we lost. I did. I did. I did hear the whistle. I did hear the whistle. I, I will be honest. I did hear it, and I told Courtney. I said, my wife. I said, hold on. There's a foul. So, oh man, yeah, I was yeah, guess I'm in the minority. I was like, we did it again. But you got to look though. Everybody, like, everybody knew that was coming. Everyone knew that Kyle Guy was coming off a screen. Inbound pass was going to him for a three, and that's what makes it so remarkable that he was able to get you know that wide open and get a good look. That's that's the part that people are not talking about. Everyone knew what was coming, and Tony drew up yeah. perfect play and wide open. You know, that's to, another testament. It was a late closer. That's, that's a testament to Diakite because it was twice yesterday. He had great screens. I think the first one was for Ty off the el- up the elbow, closer to our bench. He had a nice little pin down screen, and then on the out of bounds play, like you said, everybody knows Kyle going to get it. And I always wonder why the guys who are like having their hands up over the inbounds guy, like go one thousand one and then just run to the corner. Like I never understood why you just kind of don't back off and make them make a go to their plan B of how they drew it up because. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, we can say what we would have done until we saw the, the the final. But I notice a lot of teams really don't do anything to keep you from inbounding it to the corner. You know, that looked like the exact play we ran at the end of Louisville game at Louisville. Because if you look, Dre, he had a good look too. Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead. From the elbow. Yeah, it looked like that. It looked almost the exact same play we ran at Louisville at the buzzer. And because uh, Dre, he had a good look up top too, so. Glad it worked out, but it goes back to coaching, man. Yeah, B and Delphi too up that chance because they've got to guard the they've got to guard the paint. You know, uh, if they uh, yeah, down by three there, it makes it very difficult to get that shot off. That makes sense. I mean, that you probably get you probably get fouled yeah, too and get sent to the line. Yeah, that makes sense. That that is almost where if you're gonna shoot the three, if you're gonna go for the win, you you have to be moxy enough to to take it. That that do make sense of why that three-point in the corner is open because they're going to make sure they protect somebody getting in the paint. So, yeah, that, that answers the question right there. But, yeah, I mean, man. But, you know, I guess it's uh, – so, sorry. Go ahead. No, you good. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, you know, all this, all this you know, controversial calls, I guess, you know, the outlets have to have something to talk about. But, really, if you look at each individual play or call or non-call, there's really not much to debate. I mean, there was a double dribble. There was a missed call mm-hmm. before the double dribble, and it was obviously a foul at the end. So, I mean, all this mm-hmm. controversy and all this did he, did he not, I mean, it, you know, there's nothing really to debate. I mean, every, every call, you know, was clear as day. 
whether you made it or you didn't make the call, it, it, I, the call was obvious. Yeah. Is there a rule that was, was anything supposed to happen when Kihei fouled their point guard before the ball was inbounded? Like, or did they get it right by just, you know, giving him two free throws? I'm not sure on the rule, but you have seen that called intentional before, before the ball's inbound. Yeah. Somebody was like, that should have been called intentional. And I was like, I didn't and, know. And my another rule. It. I don't know the exact rule, but I'm, I'm glad they that didn't go. That was a point of emphasis a couple of years ago as well that, that they kind of put a stop to that. You know, 10, 15 years ago, that was the norm. You fouled before, you know, fouled to come off the screen or curls. Now, uh, I'm not sure the exact rule. Uh, but you're exactly right. I've seen that called intentional as often as it's not called intentional now. As I was watching, I said, that's intentional. I'm glad they didn't go. Yeah, that scared me. Yeah, that scared me. And we put their best free throw shooter on the free throw line. He, and they jinxed him because they kept saying he's made 17 straight. Then they put the graphic up. I was like, man, I hope they jinxed this dude and he, he missed one. Well, hey, it's the second game in a row that, you know, I, I know Klein was only shooting 69% or something like that in a year. But he's like an 80-some percent career free throw shooter. This kid had made, I think it was 17 in a row, and they both missed the back end. Either one of those free throws go in, and their season's over, you know. Yep. Um, so, and you look early, I think the guy was, what, 60%? He made both of his, and then the guy oh was 80-something, you know. Yeah, that made me mad. <laughs> I thought that, that guy was going to be the one that was going to miss him. Me too. I think that was – was it purified? I don't know which one it was. Let me check and see who was the guy that made the two free throws. I think it's the same one that pulled Dre. Uh, it was Macklemore. The one that pulled Dre's arm out of socket. Oh, it was Macklemore? It was Macklemore. It was Bryce Brown who pulled uh, Dre's arm out of socket. <laughs> he yanked Dre. No, I thought it was the, the forward. I thought it was the forward. No, nah, it was the guard coming off of Kihei. Like, it was basically like our pack line principle. Like, he had a direct line to the basket, and the guard came off of Kihei on the elbow and tried to rip the ball from Dre, but took his whole left wrist and pulled it. And Drake trapped the ball between his knees. <laughs> yeah, when that guy was 60% knocked down both of them, I said, well, ties might be turning against us. Man, and then yeah, I mean, Keith, they missed both of his. Yeah, we were three for nine, right, from the free throw line. It was, I think we might have been three for nine when Kyle was going to line at the end. Uh, we were. I think we were three for nine. Yeah. I mean, we were off at the free throw line. We were off. Yeah, and their free throw defense was horrible, too. At one point, they were like, you know, 10 for 12. <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> but what, what's you guys, you know, we're going to go like five minutes left. What's you guys' last thoughts on, on just the run this year? Um, and we we both don't really know too much about Texas Tech. I mean, we're not going to sit up here and try to make this a preview show, but um, that's why I said I wanted to keep the focus on our squad. But overall, thoughts on the, on the season this year. I know, Ant, you know, you, you had a write-up that's basically been like Nostradamus to where I want you to play my lot of numbers because everything you kind of predicted from the averages pretty much came to light. I mean, you, you said from day one, like, this probably be one of the best teams that Coach ever had. And I was like, what the hell is Ant talking about? Because there's no names that jump out at you. And but I'll let you take the floor. I ain't, I, I'm not going to talk too much more. But what what's just your thoughts on on the season as it unfolded so far? So, uh, man, it, it's sort of like a dream, Ahmad. Uh, you know, a lot of that uh, that prediction stuff that goes either way. You win some, you lose some. You get some right, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, I, I, I did. I hit a lot of them this year. You know, last year I probably didn't. I, you know, nobody's talking about that right now, right? So. Uh, <laughs> 
the, the biggest thing that, that, that is different about this team is, is talent. If he's got three guys, maybe four, that will play in the NBA. Not this year, but eventually. He's got yep. three, maybe four, that will play in the NBA. How many times have we ever had that in Virginia? Even the, the, the greatest team that, that I personally had seen up to this point uh, at Virginia, uh, you know, the, the Malcolm Brogdon and the Justin Anderson year before he got hurt, you know, mm-hmm. how many of those guys were going to play in the first, right? Justin and Malcolm, I think, was it. And, and Justin yeah. that year was, you know, you know, and Justin got hurt, right? And then Malcolm still had a year left, and, you know, before he was the Malcolm that we know him as now, you know, he was good then. He was great then, but he wasn't the Malcolm he was the next year. He won, Yeah, that's so, next year, yeah. Yeah. And, and so what we got this year, and, and I realized that, you know, technically Jerome Guy and, and well, Hunter's technically only a sophomore. They're in the same class, though. You know, that team's not coming back. That team's playing. They're going to be playing, you know, for, for pay next year. You know, NBA, mm. uh, two of those guys are going to be getting paid. And I, I don't remember the last time. Have we ever had two guys drafted in the first round in the same year? If we did, it was mm. in the early 80s. Yeah, I don't remember. You know, I'm not a historian yeah. in basketball, but it's not, not, it doesn't jump out to me when two guys have been all season projected to go first round. Like, Ty's been in the top 25 all year. And then um, before the ACC, I want to say right before the ACC tournament, I saw some publications where Cal was a couple slots behind Ty. Yep. Um, but, and then, so that made three guys potential true draft picks in one class. That, I mean, I know folks will say, well, you had London, you had J.A., and you had Malcolm. But London wasn't the London that we came mm-hmm. where we fell in love. Like his last year, that wasn't the same London when Malcolm was in his last year. So if you take exactly. the best, the best version of each one, like this year, these three, the way they've been playing, we didn't see the other three playing at this level at the same time. They took turns, you know. Like you say, it was Justin that exactly. jumped out, then he got hurt, then Malcolm started stepping to that role, then the next year Malcolm. But then London trickled in some games, and then when Malcolm left, London took over and became who he was. Um, but I, I agree with you, man. And 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 Mamdi is the enigma. He's the one that yep. you just never know where the hell he's gonna end up at. <laughs> hey, you know, so that's what I missed on. I said when he was a redshirt freshman that I thought he'd be a lottery pick one day. And so there you go. I missed on Mamdi. Uh, I still wait. But that's still gonna be game. possible. Yeah, I mean, it, he's showing that he he's a he's a something to be. And we've been we've been saying this since last year though, uh, and that if Mondi can stay out of foul trouble, he gonna help us. That was always our knock on him. Damn, he fouled a yeah. lot. <laughs> if he stay, yeah, I mean, he's 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 too, man. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, but but Chad, what you got to say besides? Um, sorry to Kihei Clark. Other than that, what you got to say about the year? <laughs> Man, Anthony was right on key here. But, you know, you know, over the season, you know, our, our big three have been, you know, somewhat consistent. But when you got guys like Kihei locking down and then you throw in uh, Diakite, that's, those are the main reasons why, you know, we're this far. But either way, go. what happens tomorrow, you know, obviously we want to win it, but the season has been, you know, special, borderline unbelievable. I mean, we all knew Virginia's good, and we all knew, that, you know, more than likely they were going to get a one seed, but 
to win the way they've been winning the last couple games, you know, mm. if a team makes a free throw, the season's over, but for some reason the ball doesn't go in and you still, you know, have a little bit of borderline magic on your side, um, you know, it's been a special season. Obviously, we want to win tomorrow, and I think we will. Um, throwing that out there, 57-53, Dre's going to have 21 points. But um, I think it's been okay. special. It's been, a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride either way. And, you know, we're taking, you know, as Ann says, enjoy the ride. We're taking it week in, week in, day by day. But I think, you know, we're going to look back on this season regardless of tomorrow. And, you know, we, I don't think we realize how special it is right now. But years down the road, I think we'll realize it. But, yep, yeah, we're cutting down the nets tomorrow night, by the way. Mm, I love it, man. I, I like the confidence. And people got to realize that, you know, people always say, I like you've been there. I'm a, I'm a firm believer, man. I like it's your first time every time. Especially when you know you be busting your busting your hump. Like, celebrate. Y'all, I mean, you guys know me with the football program, and people always get mad when they play the swag and surfing and the guys be doing their little dance on the sideline. It just reminded me that it's a game. Like, sometimes we take it too literal that we want to be serious and even kill and don't want to show too much emotion. And I think that's the one thing that's gotten this basketball team through is, you know, their their composure is contagious. And my wife asked me, she was like, man, it just seems like Ty and Kyle never get nervous. And I'm just like, that's just, you know, their extension of their head coach. When they go into those crunch times, you just look at Tony. Tony's smiling, clapping, saying it's, it's going to be okay. I mean, they went through that fire last year with UNBC, man. I think that has really, really re- helped them reveal their true character. You know what, man? We already know. You know, I always say what's the worst that could happen? They already went through the worst. Being a number one seed, I lose to a 16 seed. And I think that's helped them the most this year. Yep. Yeah. It's hard to act like you've been there. If you have. <laughs> exactly. That that's exactly right. right. You know, and these are kids too, man. We act like you've been there. It's easy to say that uh, Tony Bennett or Jason Wilford, who have played in big games, whatever. These are kids, man. These guys, you know, five years ago couldn't drive a car. Hmm. Well, about five years ago, it was hard for Ty Jerome to even walk with his hips and stuff. That's a good point. He was putting in. Yep. That's a good point. You know, he was he was a McDonald's All American candidate before he hurt his hip his senior year. Um, you know, him, Dre, and Guy were all top 50-ish level recruits, depending on where you look. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the best recruiting classes that UVA has had, period. It ranks right up there with the uh, with the class that brought in, like, Corey Alexander and Junior Burrow and those guys back in the day. Uh, that was a good class as well. But you can count on one hand how many classes they've had that even came close to the, the level of talent that Tony brought in with, uh, with, with those guys. I think Huff was in that class as well. Man, look at that. I mean, and the thing is, man, I think Huff still has a lot of potential that he's going to show how valuable he is and the type of adjustments I think Tony's going to have to make for his skill set because Tony's adjusted to Ty and his skill set. We know that. We all know we usually don't have a guy taking uncharacteristic shots and remain in the game like Ty does. Like, and Tony talks about that. He just he realizes that's Ty. He's competitive. That's how he gets his juices flowing. He lets them play within himself, and he kind of reels them back in. And um, I think since Kyle's first year, his ability to play on-ball defense. And people forget how athletic Kyle is. I know I forget. I mean, when you go back and look at his high school mixtape of him doing the, the double-tap dunk when he tapped it from his right hand to his left hand and his uh, McDonald's All-American dunk contest moves, I mean, you just forget that he's a playmaker. And it comes out to when guys are – 
running him off the three point line, he has a, a like, no look passes and things like that. So um, if, the key can if jump out the guy, gym. He just jumps off two feet, and, and so he, you don't yeah. see it in games as much because he's a two foot jumper. But he can jump out the gym. Look at that pass you were talking about earlier, like that he tips and the kid walks at the end. We were trying to find uh-huh. him. Look at how up he was. Yeah. Look at how happy he was. Look at that. He's an athlete, man. And, you know, you uh, people don't understand how athletic you've got to be to be able to get open, as Chad said, and then even just get the shot off over a kid coming at you that's also athletic, six foot two, six foot four. Uh, Kyle Ty is probably a top three athlete on that team behind maybe Hunter and, and Diakite, maybe Huff. But he, they're all world class athletes. Yeah, Huff, Huff is a world class. Yeah. Huff is definitely Adam. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. That's true. Reminds me of myself at the YMCA, fellas. You, were you playing 2K at the YMCA also? Or were you really, <laughs> really playing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got My hamstring's a little tight, man. I, my hamstring's a little tight. I'll be back soon, though. I'm pretty sure you're uh, at Golden Corral Buffet. I think it's what he Ooh, Golden Corral. <laughs> All hey, we're getting late here, fellas. Which one of you sending your private jet to pick me up in the morning? Hey, I won't. I don't have one. Let's see if Carl is. Man. <laughs> nah, man. I'll, be, I'll be on the jet tomorrow. It won't be private. It won't be to Minneapolis. All right, hey, man. Look, I maybe, definitely appreciate maybe both next you year. Fellas. Appreciate both of you fellas for coming in, man. ATC Sports Talk. Head honchos who be getting all y'all banned and flagged. It's these two guys. So if you ever end up in Facebook jail, y'all look up both of them. Um, I said their names earlier. If you ain't remember it, cause I'm not going to repeat it again. I'm not going to snitch. No, I'm just playing. They don't, they don't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to Fire hey, Ham. Thanks for having you know us, man. I enjoyed about. it. Yeah, man, definitely. Fire Ham. We, we still got that uh, narrative going in the, in the group. Fire Ham. Fire ham. No. Hashtag. Hashtag. Fire ham. Appreciate you, fellas, man. Thanks for having us, huh? No problem. Enjoy it, man. Yep. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good evening. All right, brother. Wahoo-wah. So there you have it. Auburn recap with two of my good friends, Anthony Schiffler and Chad Wood. Definitely huge Wahoo supporters and also supporters of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. And that's what I do, man. That's what I do. Fans out here, you become analysts on the Ball Hawk Show and drop knowledge. I definitely appreciate them gentlemen taking time out their busy day on this Sunday to record this episode for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It was an extended episode. You see, we almost went an hour. Usually podcast episodes are 25 minutes. But, hey, man, we're going to the national championship, man. You got to push it to the limit. And that's what the Wahoos got to do. Push it to the limit. Bring this national championship back to the city of Charlottesville. Enjoy the game tomorrow night, 9-20. You know it's going to be like 9-35 really before the game start. Playing against Texas Tech, very good defensive team. Um, just be legendary, fellas. Be legendary or be forgotten. You know the motto, good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. <laughs> Ball hawk show, and we still serving. Shut the hell up, Juice, because he was foul. Ty was foul, and Cal was foul. Balls. I want the whole world spin my record. Say roll, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho, shorty girl, fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I come and do about a whole kind of large. I be 
massage I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, I post some constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch poker fish, cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Turn out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty-two cents, and be massaging. I took a penny, and be massaging. I said, shorty girl, set, I be massaging. Your big tooth, I be massaging. I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS turn with massaging. Whole shit road chain, be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the pool all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole shit, we massage. Bad new party constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. On oh, how to get rich. Take a penny, and flip a penny, then 40 billion. Huh? Why? I be massaging. What? Car stern wheel, I be massaging. The whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.